0: Uh, Go to 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter, if you would. Let's continue on tonight. We've been talking about, for a few weeks now, a series called Hungry for the Holy Spirit. Hungry. Somebody say hungry. Hungry Hungry for the Holy Spirit. In 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter, 1 Corinthians 12, and verse uh, 31, 1231, he said, covet earnestly the best gifts. And yet show I unto you a more excellent way. Covet earnestly. Now the word covet is a strong word. It means to desire strongly. And then he adds this word earnestly to it. So he's talking about something that we should really, really desire. What is it that the Bible tells us we should really, really desire? The best best gifts. So I say, well, what are the best gifts? Well, I guess there's a couple of ways of answering that and throughout the the chapters we'll be looking at, he talks about how some gifts at some times in ways are greater than others. One individual said it like this. He said the best one would be the one you need for the time. Right. <laughs> be the best one for you for right then. Well, basically we should just desire these manifestations and gifts of the Spirit and the ones the Spirit of God would emphasize to us at any given time. We should desire. In 1 Corinthians 12, he starts out by saying, I would not have you ignorant concerning spiritual gifts or spiritual things of and pertaining to the Holy Spirit. And you find it's very obvious why he said that so much of the church is just that ignorant, ignorant of these things. And we really ourselves know uh, too little about it and one of the reasons why people know so little is you know and it kind of works together they don't know about it so they don't desire it and they don't desire it so they don't find out any more about it this is one of the big problems not hungering and desiring for these things usually when you see the word covet in the scriptures it's used in a negative sense don't covet your neighbor's wife don't covet Your neighbor's house or donkey or money or don't covet. Don't covet. But here he says covet. What? Covet earnestly these gifts of the spirit. Well, do we? Do you? (laughs) Well, we've been kind of weak in this area. Did you think about the gifts of the spirit today? Did you think about how much you want them? (laughs) <laughs> well, you understand, most Christians don't, do they? But we should, more than we want a house or a car or clothes or jewelry or any of these natural things, we ought to want, yes. desire, right. yes. hunger for, covet earnestly the gifts of the Spirit. Amen. Well, let's just by faith say it I covet. I covet earnestly, earnestly. The, gifts the, the gifts of the Spirit. Well, now, you know, a good place to start would be even knowing what they are, yeah. right? Yeah. And believing that they do exist yeah. and that they're here with us. I mean, you're not, you know, millions of Christians that go to church on a regular basis don't even believe in the person of the Holy Spirit and being filled with the Spirit and the supernatural gifts of the Spirit. Many of them never heard a sermon on tongues. Or prophecy, or word of knowledge, or word of wisdom, or working of the miracles. They believe, they've been told, all oh, that's passed away. Well, you're certainly not going to be coveting earnestly something you believe's passed away. <laughs> well, it's not passed away, it's here to stay. Long as this world goes, long as this life is going on, these things are for us. How many believe we're a part of the same church that you read about in the book of Acts? Yes. we got the same Holy Spirit. Same Holy Spirit. Yes. They have. Yes, got the same commission to preach the same gospel. Same one. Right? Yes, well, then we ought to have the same kind of manifestations yes. that they had. 1 Corinthians 12. Look at that, please. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 1. Now, concerning spiritual gifts... Brethren, I would not have you ignorant. Does God want us to know about these? Okay, so we're finding out. You know that you were Gentiles, carried away into these dumb idols, even as you were led. Wherefore, I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. He's talking about prophecy. He's talking about tongues and interpretation and prophecy, what we'd call the vocal gifts. There are three, as you see, we read them. Three of these gifts are manifestations that say something and speak. God speaks through them. Three of these manifestations, God reveals things through. And three of these manifestations, God manifests His power through. So we see through the nine, we see a speaking forth, we see a showing forth, and we see power manifested. Now in these three tongues and interpretation, that's two of them, and prophecy, this is what he's talking about. This is one of them, prophecy. And uh, they were hearing some prophecies that were saying negative things about Jesus, Now, these people grew up around spiritualism. Things of the Spirit were not foreign to them. They worshiped other gods before Paul came along. These people in Corinth. It's a matter of historical record. And they had manifestations. Let me say this not everything that's spiritual is God. Hmm? There is a devil, there are demons. They do things. And not everything. Not every prophecy is God. Not every manifestation of supernatural power is God. And so these. What you're seeing right off the bat here in 1 Corinthians 12. These things. These prophecies. Must be judged. To see whether they're of God or not. So. Keep that in mind, we're going to be seeing it again as we go on, but prophecies and tongues and interpretation, these are things that are speaking, they must be judged to see whether they're of God or not. Let me say it like this, just because somebody says, thus saith the Lord, doesn't mean it is. Are y'all with me now? Thus saith the Lord. Just because somebody speaks in a tongue and interprets it doesn't mean that you just automatically accept it as God. You're to judge it. I said you're to judge it. All prophecies are to be judged. All tongues and interpretations are to be judged. What do you mean judged? Judged to see if it's God or not. And he starts off, doesn't he? Right after he said, don't be ignorant, that's the next thing he says. He says, now I want you to know that nobody standing up saying, thus saith the Lord, calls Jesus accursed. Hmm. Amen. And nobody that really is inspired is going to glorify Jesus in his Lordship except the Holy Ghost. If somebody really is speaking by inspiration, How many understand there's no demon going to glorify Jesus? Right? Right? If somebody really is inspired by a wrong spirit, they're not going to be glorifying the Lordship of Jesus. That would only be by the Holy Ghost. And so it sets the tone for the rest of these chapters, 12, 13, and 14, in that all of these gifts and manifestations are going to glorify Jesus. They're going to glorify his lordship. Can you say amen? amen? Keep reading. He said, I give you to understand that no man speaking by the spirit of God calls Jesus a curse. No man can say Jesus is Lord but by the Holy Ghost. Now there are diversities of gifts but the same spirit. Differences of administrations or the margin says ministries but the same Lord. There are diversities of operation. But it is the same God which works all in all. Just one Holy Spirit. Just one Jesus. Just one God. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to who? Amen. Every man to profit with all. How many can have a manifestation of the Spirit? How many? Not just preachers. Not just people that pray a lot extra. Who? Who? Every man, every believer, every child of God is to have these things in their life. Well, a lot of people, like I said, don't even believe in them. And certainly are not desiring them. But here's the beginning of it. Somebody well, I, I don't know what they are. I haven't had a lot of these things in my life. Well, here's the beginning of it. Just believe that God is right. Amen. Believe he's right. And you need these. Believe the Bible's true and that everybody can have them. Yes, sir. Believe they're wonderful and you want them. Yes. Yes. And you start by faith being hungry and desiring them. Yes. Hmm? Yes. Say it again. I covet, I covet earnestly, I covet earnestly the, gifts the, the gifts of the Spirit. He went on to say, for to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom. To another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. To another... Faith by the same Spirit. To another, the gifts of healing by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning the spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. But all these work that one and the self same Spirit Dividing to every man severally or individually as he will. Dividing to who? Every man. Every man. Every man. Hallelujah. So these are the things we are to desire. What do we desire? Look at the list. Word of wisdom. Now, whether you know what it is or not, can you trust God? If he says you are to desire these and covet these earnestly, yeah. will you just take him at his word? Yes. So then say it out loud, I covet, I covet. The, word the word of wisdom. How about the word of knowledge? Should you, yeah. should you hunger for that? Yeah. Say it out loud, I covet, I covet. The, word the word of knowledge. He said faith. Oh, yeah. Now this is different words are used for the faith that we live and walk by and this in fact the amplified mentions uses the word special because it's the same faith in essence but it's a different operation god can put a faith in you and drop a faith on you that's beyond what you normally could believe would that be a good thing yeah <laughs> said out loud i covet, I covet. Faith. faith and the gifts of healing and the working of miracles, I covet, I covet prophecy, prophecy discerning, the spirits, discerning the spirits, kinds of tongues, and interpretation of tongues. Interpretation of tongues. I, earnestly I earnestly covet, covet these, things. these things. Now we got to keep these in our mind. And we're going to be talking about them on these Friday nights as the Lord would lead us. And we'll just take as much time as we feel we need to because we got to get stirred up. And we're not where we need to be until all of us are thinking about these things in the week. And on the weekend and in between services. And we get up thinking about them. And we go to bed thinking about them. And we're hungry for them. We desire them. We look for them. And we're learning how to yield to them. And have them in our life. But by faith we can start out just saying we want them. We don't have to know all about them to know if God says you want them. We want them. And we really, really want them. Covet means to have a warmth of feeling for. Fervency. Great desire. Now we've been talking about these on the end here of the list. Kinds of tongues. And interpretation of tongues. Uh, the scripture said these are one of the signs that would follow believers. That they would speak in new tongues. Now it shouldn't be surprising to us. When he says new, it's talking about something that's new to you as the speaker. Uh, something you did not learn. A tongue not learned by you through natural means. And it shouldn't be surprising to us. We live in a new covenant. We got a new commandment. Uh shouldn't be surprising that uh, we should speak in new tongues, this newness of life throughout this uh, new birth and new walk and new tongues. And on the day of Pentecost, they were all filled with the Holy Ghost And begin to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And we read it last week. They're the ones that begin speaking. But he gave them utterance in a tongue they didn't know. And yet as they came down out of there speaking in, I mean it lists numerous different languages of the people that were there. And they heard them in their own tongues. And they said, how do these people know our tongue?" And they didn't. It was a sign. Somebody say sign. sign. Now there are divers or different kinds of tongues. Now all of these manifestations are spiritual, not natural. I've heard people try to explain them and say, well, gifts of healings, that's the doctors and nurses. And different kinds of tongues—that's people that have an ability to learn languages and they're multilingual. And uh, the try, you know, word of knowledge and word of wisdom—that's people that go to school and get multiple degrees and get real smart and real wise. And the more they try to explain them, the more they stumble around because it's just not working. Well, what's working? The miracles, huh? No, discerning of spirits. No, all of these are spiritual. Somebody say spiritual. Spiritual. They're not something that you can learn or produce naturally. They're spiritual. And when he talks about speaking in other tongues, he's talking about speaking in a tongue that you did not learn, that you do not know, that you do not understand. That's what they did. That's what we do. Now, we dealt with two questions that people bring up oftentimes and try to say, well, the Bible says, do all speak in tongues? And the obvious answer is no in that particular verse. And then people say, well, the Bible says tongues uh, shall cease. And so people try to say, well, not everybody speaks in tongues and our tongues have ceased. But basically both of those positions are wrong. Everybody can speak in tongues. Yes, sir. Hmm. And tongues have not ceased or passed away any more than prophecies have all failed or knowledge has passed away. Right. right? Which was the other part of the verse. How many understand you can't just take a piece out and change it from the rest of it? It all has to flow together and go together. And again and again, people that are saying these things and preaching these things are people who don't speak in tongues. That's right. So by their own admission, they're completely ignorant of the subject. That's right? Right? You don't hear people who speak in tongues saying it's not for everybody and it's passed away. It's only the people who don't, who have no experience in it and no understanding of it. So then they'll try to explain the Bible away to fit their lack of experience. But the Bible stands. I said the word stands. How many know the word is true whether you've experienced it or not? And if you start watering down the word to match your lack of experience, where does it end? No, you must not do that. All your life, you'll come across things in the Word that you've not experienced. Yeah. Yes. From now to the end of your life, you'll experience some things, and then you'll be reading along and looking at something and go, Wow, I haven't had that yet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, what do you do? Explain it away? No. No. Or believe God? Believe God. Everybody said out loud. Lord, Lord, elevate my life. Elevate my, life. Elevate my experience. No. To match your word. word. Don't try to explain it away. Try to make the word match your experience. (laughs) Because we have certainly not arrived yet. I've had people say, well, if there's, you know, if there's anything in the Bible about that, I don't see it. Well, there's a whole lot you don't see. There's a lot you don't know. And me either. We know in part. So we've been talking about this, about the tongues and about the interpretation and about the prophecy, and the Bible has given us in chapter 14 an entire chapter in the New Testament of instructions about speaking in tongues and prophecy. Now that's a whole lot of space in the New Testament for something that's passed away and not for everybody. If it really was just a sign for the beginning of the church, why in the world would he give us an entire chapter in the New Testament of instructions on it? No, no. Speaking in tongues and interpreting of tongues and prophecy is for today and for everybody and it's valuable. I said it's valuable. It's something to be greatly desired. Hmm? If you don't speak in tongues and you love God, you're a believer, then you ought to get hungry for it. I said you ought to get hungry for it. And you ought to desire it. And you're to press in. Learn what you can about it. Don't fight it. Be open. Be open. And uh let the Lord teach you and instruct you, bring you up to a higher place. And every one of these, if we haven't experienced them in our life, we're gonna do the same thing, right? Every one of these. If we haven't experienced it, we're not going to discount it and try to explain it away. We're going to say, Lord, bring us up to this. Bring us up to this. Say it out loud. Bring us up. Lord, bring us up to this. We desire it. 1 Corinthians 14. Let's read some more about this. He said, follow after charity or love and desire spiritual gifts, but rather that you may prophesy. He that speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not unto men, but unto God. For no man understands him, howbeit in the Spirit he speaks mysteries. Well, does that do any good to speak mysteries in God? Certainly. But he that prophesies... Speaks unto men to edification and exhortation and comfort. He that speaks in an unknown tongue edifies himself. Does that do any good? Edify means to build up. Do Christians need to be built up? One uh, Greek scholar tried to explain it like this. He said a modern example of it would kind of be like a battery battery. Put on the charger. Well, what's happening when the battery's being charged? There's some power coming through something. And going into that, and is the battery being built up? Yeah, maybe it was run down. Maybe it was weak. It's being built up. Is it true that speaking in tongues can build you up? It's the truth. Well, how many Christians need to be built up? Well, would God give just a few people the ability to supernaturally build their self up through the speaking in tongues and deprive it from most of the rest who need it just as much as anybody else? No, no, it's just wrong thinking and wrong teaching and wrong believing that's held people out. Being edified is important. Jude 20 talks about it, doesn't it? But you, beloved, building up yourselves. Who's going to do it? You're doing it. Building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, praying in the Spirit, praying and speaking in tongues. Build yourself up. Wonder if folk did that instead of crying. Wonder if you felt bad, you felt low, you felt weak. And instead of sitting down and rehearsing all your problems, instead of laying across the bed and crying and feeling sorry for yourself, what if you just jumped up in the middle of the floor and started speaking in tongues real hard and fast? And you spoke in tongues, spoke in tongues for an hour and a half. <laughs> Wonder if that beat crying and worrying. <laughs> Is it true that we have a supernatural means? Of edifying ourselves, that we can supernaturally plug in to a source far beyond us? Is it true the Holy Ghost, the greater one, is inside of us all the time? Can we yield to Him by yielding our tongue to Him, which is the steering wheel and rudder of our body and our life? And through speaking and speaking and speaking, does it work like a dynamo turning over on the inside of us? Releasing, edifying, strengthening, power. Well, it makes you want to jump up and talk in tongues right now. Doesn't it? <laughs> well, you can see why Paul said to a bunch, who he's having to give instruction about speaking in tongues. The whole bunch is talking in tongues at the wrong time and the wrong way. And he tells them, I thank my God, I speak in tongues more than you all. Well, man, if he spoke in tongues more than that bunch, he must have woke up speaking in tongues and went to bed speaking in tongues. Yes. We need to be tongue talkers. Yes. I know some people think it's strange and some don't believe in it and every other thing. But you can't live your life according to other folks' ignorance. Hmm? Faith Life Church is a tongue-talking church. Amen. And we're not just talking about during service time. Most of it is supposed to be off service time. Apart from service time, it's supposed to be at home, in your car, in your bedroom, getting ready in the morning, going to school, everywhere. You know, all your travels and all you getting ready and all your stuff. You can pray in tongues under your breath and not bother anybody. Speaking in tongues. Speaking in tongues. Speaking in tongues. Yes. Speaking in tongues. Yes. Speaking, how many tongue talkers have I got in here? Let me see. Let me see. It is an unquestioned fact that all the apostles and the women and the beginning of the church were tongue talkers. And that thousands upon thousands that were added to the church in the early days, it's an undisputed fact, they're tongue talkers. Undisputed. The Corinthians are obviously tongue, talk. tongue talkers. Amen. References are made about speaking in the Spirit and praying in the Spirit in other letters in Ephesians, Galatians, Colossians, Romans, Hebrews. I think it's logical to assume they were like the Corinthian church. Hmm? So the masses who don't speak in tongues are different from the churches mentioned in the Bible. Are you listening now? That's the reality. It's not that God has changed. It's that people have become more carnal, more intellectual, and less spiritual. And when we're talking about speaking in tongues, we're not just talking about just the phenomenon of strange sounding syllables. We're talking about the entry into a whole different way of life. We're talking about living a spiritual life. A life where one is more aware of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's leadings and guidance and teachings and manifestations day in, day out, that we know the Holy Spirit like we know human beings and even better. And we live with Him and walk with Him. And He manifests Himself through these nine ways in our life. And it's not some bizarre, strange thing to us, it's the way we live. Now that's how the church lived in the beginning days of the book of Acts. Yes. Isn't it? Yes. These manifestations you'll see in there. Yes, sir. And people have relegated it just to that time in history and said well you know they were off to a wonderful start and they had a lot of supernatural things happening but now we live in this society and all that's passed away and you even hear theologians saying we don't need that today. We've got the full canon of scripture now and We've got colleges and universities. Oh, come on. Are you kidding me? (laughs) You can't improve on the way God did things in these pages if that's the way they needed to be done then. Humanity's the same. Devil's the same. God's the same. Still the best way to do things is this way. You cannot do a better job with physical and mental intellectual efforts than you can with the supernatural manifestations of God. How many want to live a spiritual life? Not just a carnal, fleshy, mental life, but a spiritual life. Spiritual life. That's why you should desire these spiritual gifts. So we can live a spiritual life. A spirit-filled life. Which is what we're talking about. And I know some people try to say it. But you can't live a spirit filled life. And not have these manifestations. No such thing. People are just imagining something in their minds. No such thing as living a spirit filled life. And no tongues. No prophecy. No gifts of healings and working of miracles and word of knowledge. No such thing. No such thing. That's why this is such an issue. Because people are trying to say, oh yeah, we're spirit-filled people, and yet they, you know, have a form of godliness, but they deny the power. They believe in things on paper, but if any of it started showing up, like speaking in tongues, oh man, they put them out of the church. (laughs) But no, we want the real thing, don't we? We want the real thing. And if it's new to us, well, so be it. I understand even if it was brand new to you, after a little while, it wouldn't be new to you anymore. <laughs> You'd get used to it, especially if it's good. Keep reading. He mentioned tongues. He said, you edify yourself. But he that prophesies edifies the church. Verse 5. Speaking in tongues, however, is only for a select few. Hmm? And only for a few days in the beginning of the church. Is the Bible belong to us today? Huh? What did this, is this God talking to us? What did God talk to us and say in verse 5? I would that you all spoke with tongues. Let you stop right now. Can we take that literally? Can we? That it's God's will and desire for us all yes. to speak in tongues. Yes. Of course, you remember Jesus said in Mark 16:18, one of the signs that would follow believers, they'll speak with new tongues. Right. Hmm? Is it true that all believers can speak with new tongues? Yes. It's truth. Yes. It's Bible. I would that you all spoke with tongues, but rather that you prophesied. So we're going to see this a little bit further as we go. But could we all prophesy? Just from the way this is worded, it'd have to be so. Now again, even among so-called Pentecostal people, people start halting with you on that. Oh, I'm not a prophet. He didn't say anything about being a prophet. Prophesy. Can we all prophesy? The answer is yes. Doesn't mean everybody's a prophet. Now keep reading. He said, for greater is he that prophesies than he that speaks with tongues except or unless he interprets. So in other words, if somebody speaks in tongues and interprets what was said, that's the same as prophecy. That's as great as prophecy. That's equal to it. And he goes on to explain that the church may receive edifying. Now you'll see this as a recurring theme through this chapter. He keeps on saying so that the whole church is edified. So that the whole church, we've already seen, when I pray in an unknown tongue, nobody understands what I'm saying, but I'm speaking to God. I'm speaking divine mysteries. I'm building myself up. I'm building myself up. I'm building who? Myself up. But he said through prophecy, the whole congregation could be built up. And we see a difference, self-edification or public edification, church edification. And really, you understand, this is in the early days of the church. So most everybody there are babies. Spiritually, they're babies. Well, what do babies think about? Babies are naturally selfish. They think about their own comfort and their own edification. What does a church full of babies think about? How the church can bless me. How the church can help me. How the church can take care of me. How, what the church can do for me. Spiritual babies, that's what they think. How the pastor, how the service, how the whole thing can help me and bless me. What about a church full of maturing ones? A maturing one, one that's growing up, thinks about how can God use me to help somebody else? Now... This you see this keep coming up throughout this chapter. But what he's having to deal with is he's got a bunch of babies in the church playing with spiritual things. And they want to be edified. And he said, that's okay, but not in the public service. You don't want to just be trying to edify yourself in the public service. Well, now. This is the, you know, with church after church after church, you can tell what kind of folks you got by these things. If most of the time people are thinking about what the church can do for me, what the church can do for me, how the church can help me and edify me, and don't you hear people talking about that, especially people that bounce from one church to another. Well, I I just didn't get much. I don't get much out of the services, and I did when I first got there, but I just don't get what I used to, and... I'm looking for something that'll really feed me. I'm looking for something that'll help me, you know, acknowledge the gift that I am and develop me. Well, there is a truth in that you need to be fed, but much of your development will not come from any amount of feeding. You cannot develop spiritually simply by going to services and being fed. Hmm? Yeah. Your physical body is the perfect type of it. Did your physical body develop to the size and ability it is simply by sucking bottles or eating Gerbers <laughs> or graduate just by eating? No, there's another element. Tell me what it is. It's not a dirty word. (laughs) Exercise. Something you got to do. Feeding is not enough. You have to exercise. You can't just be fed on love. Got to actually walk in love. Can't just be fed on prayer. Got to actually pray. Can't be just fed on sowing and giving. Got to actually do it. And so you see people that they have just gone from place to place to place and just eat and 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 they're a big, fat, weak baby. Right? Spiritually, big, fat, weak, no abilities, no skills. Why? Because every time they get an opportunity to do something, to exercise, Oh, no, Now don't bother me, I just want to come and get fed. <laughs> it is impossible to fully develop spiritually only by being fed. Right. Tell me what else you have to do. Exercise. You have to do something. You have to put it into practice. You have to exercise. You have to be of service to the kingdom. Be of service to your fellow believers. And see, that's what he, the Spirit of God is saying through him to them. He said, now, you're all thinking about how you can be blessed, how you can be edified, how you can be built up. He said, but when you come together, that's not what you need to be thinking about. You need to be thinking about what's going to edify the whole. What's going to edify and build up the people around about me? Not just me living in my own little world trying to have an experience. It shows the difference between immature And maturing ones. Let's keep reading. He said, verse 6 Now, brethren, if I come to you speaking with tongues, what shall I profit you except I speak to you either by revelation, or by knowledge, or by prophesying, or by doctrine? Even things without life giving sound, whether pipe or harp, except they give a distinction in the sounds, how shall it be known what's piped or harped? If the trumpet give an uncertain sound, who will prepare, get ready himself to the battle? Likewise, except you utter by the tongue words easy to be understood, how shall it be known what's spoken, for you'll speak into the air? There are, it may be, so many kinds of voices in the world, and none of them is without signification. Therefore, if I know not the meaning of the voice, I shall be to him that speaks a barbarian, and he that speaks shall be a barbarian unto me. Even so, ye, for as much as you are zealous of spiritual gifts, seek that you may excel to the edifying of the church. I mean, gifts of healings, working of miracles, word of wisdom, word of knowledge. It's not just so you can sit at home in your big chair and go, Woo, 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 man, I'm seeing stuff, woo, I think I spoke in nine different languages already, woo, I got the power, I got the power, why do you say that, because it is a common thing. With baby Christians, immature ones, they hear about spiritual gifts, and about all they think about is me having an experience. Hmm? Yeah, me being something. Me doing something. <laughs> me wowing my friends <laughs> at church. Going, wow. You have gifts of the Spirit in your life. You go, yeah. (laughs) Something. (laughs) And that's how people get off. People are going to fast and pray more than other people have. And be more full of wisdom and understanding than other people. And have experiences beyond other people. Because they're just beyond other people (laughs) and they like to believe and they say it often well you know I guess I'm just not like other people I'm different (laughs) but if you'll read between the lines what you keep hearing is I'm this and I'm that and I don't this and I have this and I'm different and I've seen this and I've experienced this. And and they suppose they are so far advanced beyond other people. Tell me what the truth is. What the truth is. Babies. The truth is they are such babies. <laughs> and don't see it. Don't understand it. What's the indicator of someone who really is maturing? Their interest and their focus is somebody else being helped. They're not just trying to have an experience. They're praying for somebody else because they're going through something rough. Are you all with me now? They're not just trying to feel power. They're praying. They're seeking God about what can happen so this person can get help. And in the middle of it, God gives special faith. Oh, come on now. And anointing comes on them. And they stand up and declare things that they'd have never had the boldness to do on their own. They're not trying to have an experience. They're not trying to be something special. They just love them and care about what they're going through and they're seeking God and believing God and prayed in tongues for three hours about it, trying to find an answer and they see into it. Come on now. They see into it and know what the real problem is and what the answer. And they don't come away talking about, I'm something, I figured it out. They know better. And the thing they care about is that somebody got free. Somebody got healed. Somebody got loosed. Somebody got their needs met. Somebody got their answers. Can you say glory to God? Back up to the very first verse of this chapter. Read it out loud. What does it say? What? Follow after charity. That's the old English word for love. And desire charity. Spiritual gift. Do you see what vein you have to be in to get these? What? Who are you? What are you following? Love. I heard a lady some years ago talk that was, she was older and was used a lot in the word of knowledge in ministry. And she took the time to explain a little bit how she had learned to minister. And it stuck with me to this day. It points this truth out. She'd see things and say things by the Spirit that nobody could know. It's just supernatural and it would help people it would liberate them and give them answers and show them what to do and she'd say well you might say how do you know that she said I don't I don't I just I'm ministering and I see somebody and my heart just goes out to them and I don't know what's wrong with them I don't even know them I don't even know what they need and much less the answer to it but my heart just goes out to them Compassion. What she's experiencing, God cares about him. He cares about everybody, but He's letting her experience some of this to let her know He's wanting to do something for her. And what the Bible say to do with that love? Come on, come on, huh? Look at the scripture, no? Look at the scripture. What the Bible say to do with that love? Follow it. Follow it. Oh, hallelujah! Follow it. So she said, that's what I do. I just say, I don't know why, but I say, you know, can I minister to you? Can I pray for you? And they say, yeah, that'd be fine. And as they're getting up, coming down, a lot of times still don't know what or why. But she said a lot of times as they're coming, the Lord will show her something. Or when she puts her hand on them, the Lord, she'll know something. Well, it's a word of knowledge, right? How did she know it? Well, it's something God already knew. And he didn't show her everything he knew. He just gave her a word about it. But she's not trying to just have an experience. Oh, do you see this now? These things flow in the vein of love and faith. And the more you want to help other people, and the more faith you develop in it, and the more sensitive to him you are, the more of these... You're going to have manifested in your life. Glory to God. And things will happen, and you'll see things, and know things, and say things, and things will happen, and when it's all done, you won't stand there and go, Wow, I was just using the gifts of the Spirit. You you won't even think that way. You'll be just going, Glory to God, they're healed. Glory to God, they're not going to get a divorce. Glory to God, Glory to God. They know what to do now. Glory to God. We're past this problem. Glory to God. Cause that's what matters. You having goosebumps doesn't. Right? The hair standing up on your neck and arms doesn't matter. What does that do? Keep reading. He said verse 12, for as much as you are zealous of spiritual gifts, Seek what? You that you may excel edifying. to the edifying of the church. I believe, or I know, this is a mandate for Faith Life Church. Read it out loud. Seek, Seek. that you may, you may excel. What does excel mean? You're good at it. Yeah. You, how do you get good at something? Practicing. Practicing practicing, and endeavoring to do better, right? You are developed in it, and you're good at it. (laughs) At what? At what? Edifying. Edifying, building up, strengthening, enlarging, increasing, making stronger. The church. The church. Yes, the local church, the faith life church, but not stopping there. Beyond there. That's why the Lord told us to excel at hospitality. Yes. Amen. And did you know you can't, sometimes people think, well, I'll excel at hospitality. That just means, you know, get them a basket and say we're glad you're here. And <laughs> now that ain't excelling. No. I said that's not excelling. Did you know you can't do anything the way it should be done, could be done, with the impact that God could do except by the Holy Ghost? You can't. There might be some natural things involved, but how many understand that everybody on all our service teams and everybody throughout the whole church can step up on a completely other level? Yeah, until people that we're ministering to say, how'd you know that? How'd you know to do that? How'd you know that was my favorite? How'd you know? And we've heard some of that. How'd you know? Well, you didn't. And there's no way you could know. But the Holy Ghost knows, yeah. He knows everything about everybody, everything they've gone through before they got here, everything that they're going to need to do after they leave here, He knows it all. Yes, sir. And it's not just supposed to be me or Phyllis or the singers praying about what we can say and do to help people in those areas. The whole church yes, is supposed to be flowing in different manifestations of this. Can you say amen? amen? So that things are going on all over the place. In the children's area. In the parking lot. In the foyers. Everywhere. In the restaurants. Amen. After the service. Things are going on. Things are going on. Amen. And we're not trying to act like we're super spiritual. Or we're not trying to impress people. We're just believing God. Yes, and we're paying attention. Amen. And things are coming up to us. Yes, and things are coming out. And we don't have to be dramatic about it. We're just saying and doing the right things at the right time. And it's hitting home. And it's bearing fruit. And people are being helped. It's supernatural. It's beyond us. And yet it's through us. Say it again. I desire these things. I covet earnestly. These things. It's the only way you can be the blessing to people you are to be. Your smarts and your talents and your skills is not enough. The best you can do is just fall short. But the Holy Ghost, through you, <laughs> keep reading. He said, Seek that you may excel. To the edifying of the church. Wherefore. Let him that speaks in an unknown tongue. Pray that he may interpret. Now. We talked about this earlier. First Corinthians 12 talks about this. Do all speak with tongues. And the answer in that particular passage. Is obviously no. But there are different kinds of tongues. Somebody say different kinds of tongues. I'm going to mention to you. Of course, when we say different kinds of tongues, sometimes the word language is used interchangeably. And he said in 1 Corinthians 13, what if I speak with the tongues, plural, of men and of angels? Well, how many dialects and languages are there in the world? We don't know. And you add to that number the angelic tongues. How many would those be? We have no idea. What would they sound like? We don't know, and you don't know what every language sounds like. You sure don't know what the angelic languages sound like. So you are completely unqualified to say whether a tongue sounds like a legitimate tongue or not. You would not, could not know. So you just speak by faith. It's a by-faith deal. But apart from talking about all the different languages and tongues, tongues differ in purpose. They're the same in essence, but they differ in purpose and function. Which is why the answer to when he says, does all speak in tongues in that passage, First Corinthians 12, the answer to that is no, talking about the specific kind of tongues he's talking about. Yes, Let me give you three different kinds as far as purpose. One, I'll call a sign, S-I-G-N, sign tongue. That's what they heard in Acts 2. And that's what he's having to give them instructions about in this chapter. Because that's how they all came in was on the back of that sign tongue. And they kept trying to reproduce that. And he had to correct them about it. What is a sign tongue? A sign tongue is when you speak or somebody speaks in a tongue that they do not know and somebody else hears them and understands it as their tongue. You didn't learn it. You couldn't know it. And yet you're speaking it perfectly. That's what happened on the day of Pentecost. And it has happened numerous times since then. I've heard of numerous testimonies of people in other countries and other languages and countries and places outside their own, and they couldn't communicate. Sometimes it was a desperate situation, and the Spirit of God supernaturally gave them utterance, and the people understood it. That's a sign. Somebody say sign. Sign. That's a sign. Does everybody speak like that? No. No. Now, different kind of tongue and purpose is what I'd call ministry tongues, which is what First Corinthians 12 is talking about. If you look at that list, all the things he's asking, are all prophets? What's the answer? No. Are all workers of miracles? No. He keeps on going down through the list. He's talking about ministry, isn't he? Ministry operation and included in that he says do all speak in tongues do all interpret the answer is no not everybody is ministering in an unknown tongue and interpreting and in that case the tongue is to people and the interpretation is to people and we know there must be different kinds of tongues because we just got through reading in the first part of this chapter if I speak in an unknown tongue I'm talking to God. Well, this must be something different then. Said out loud, different kinds. Isn't that what he said? Divers kinds. Different kinds of tongues. So there's the sign tongue. There's the ministry tongue with interpretation. Ministry tongue is always supposed to be interpreted. Now you hear some people that don't speak in tongues. They'll hear somebody, they'll hear us stand up and praise God in tongues and go, Ah, ah, that's supposed to be interpreted. Well, first of all, you don't speak in tongues. You don't know anything about what you're talking about. Hush, be quiet. (laughs) But secondly, we weren't talking to you. (laughs) Tongues that are addressed to the congregation or to an individual are to be interpreted. Are you with me? Tongues that I'm, you and I talking to God, whether it's, Publicly praying or privately, we're not talking to each other. So it doesn't require interpretation. We're talking to him and he needs no interpretation. Are y'all with me now? (laughs) Don't just take my word for it. Study it. Get in the book. Study it. Research it. Find the scriptures for it. So there's a sign tongue with no interpretation. And yet some human understands it. There is a ministry tongue which is always interpreted because it's God speaking to people. And, uh, you know, I've seen people more than once. I've had people do this to me, come up to me and just talk in tongues and say, now the Lord will give the interpretation of that. That's not right. That's not correct. (laughs) That is the kind of tongue he's talking about that is supposed to be interpreted. And the scripture says, if you don't have an interpretation or no interpreter, then you're to be quiet and speak to yourself and God. Ministry tongue. Then thirdly, it's what I would call praying. Praying. It's speaking in tongues like we just got through reading about. And you're not speaking to men. You're speaking to God. It's the one we've been talking about the first part of the service. The one you build yourself up in your most holy faith. And you're edifying yourself. And you're praying out my mysteries and divine secrets. It does not require interpretation. You just do it by faith. And believe God hears you. You're not talking to men. You're not talking to yourself. You're talking to God. And I'd call that for prayer. And when I say prayer now, I'm not just talking about intercession. Giving of thanks is included. Giving of thanks. In fact, the times we have given us in the scripture where people were speaking in tongues and it tells us what they were saying. Numerous times it says they were glorifying God. Doesn't it? They were magnifying God. They were glorifying God. And really, a lot of tongues that we do just in our own personal life, that's what it is. If it was interpreted, you'd hear it. it's glorifying God, it's magnifying God, it's praise, it's thanks. Yes, sir. And that's good. Yes, sir. The Bible says you're doing it well. Amen. And then, of course, there are other things. You can pray, you can ask requests, you can supplicate, intercede, but don't limit it to one area. But this is private. And that's what everybody can do. Keep reading. He said, verse 14, if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prays. Who's praying? You are. It's you. You are. He didn't say the Holy Ghost was praying. What did he say? My My spirit is praying. But my understanding is unfruitful. So you don't understand what you're saying. Is it profitable to do that? Certainly, we've already seen. What is it then? I'll pray with the Spirit and I will pray with the understanding also. So do we quit praying with our understanding because we can pray in tongues now? Certainly not. No. Does anybody know how to pray in their understanding well enough that they don't need to pray in tongues? No. No. How many believe Paul's a brilliant man? Brilliant. Brilliant. Educated. Did he have some understanding? But how did he pray? Both ways. How did he pray? I will pray with the Spirit and with the understanding also. He said, uh, I will sing with the Spirit. Somebody say sing. sing. And I will sing with the understanding also. Who's that for? Everybody. Everybody that can sing with the understanding can sing with the Spirit. Everybody that can pray with the understanding can pray with the Spirit. And everybody can sing. Not everybody sounds the same, but everybody should sing. Everybody. Yes, you can sing. Else, he said, when you shall bless with the Spirit, how shall he that occupies the room of the unlearned say amen at your giving of thanks, seeing he understands not what you say? For you verily give thanks well, but the other is not edified. You're doing a good job, but... You're sitting down at somebody's house and you're the only one there that speaks in tongues and they ask you to give thanks for the food. You don't just launch out in tongues. (laughs) Now, why would somebody do that? Hmm? Why would somebody launch out in tongues in the middle of a room full of people that don't understand it, maybe don't even believe in it, why? Are they seeking to edify them? Somewhere? No, they're not going to understand what you say. He goes on to talk about it because that's what they were doing. They were popping up like popcorn and giving messages to the congregation in tongues and no interpretation. And it was just a big uproar. It was out of control. And the people weren't being edified, and if some of the folks did get some visitors to come to church, they left quick as they could. Because <laughs> they thought, those people are just crazy. They're just jabbering. I don't know what they're saying. I don't think they know what they're saying. No. Now, let's branch this out. Why would you use language that only your spirit-filled friends understand with coworkers or people in public that don't understand what you're talking about. This happens all the time. We talk about manifestations and revelations and ghosts. <laughs> are you listening to me? We talk about all these things and you can tell people are looking at you sideways like, what, what are they talking about? If you're immature, You're seeking to impress somebody with how different you are. Hmm? Well, the Bible says we're peculiar people. (laughs) Peculiar. Well, that's not what that means. It means you're a rare treasure. Doesn't mean weird. (laughs) Doesn't mean people around you think you're weird. Now, I know I'm taking a little time with this, but friend, this is important. This is important. You need to be aware of who you're around. Who you're with. And I don't mean that you're ashamed of Jesus. And I don't mean that you compromise what you believe. But you look to the Holy Spirit to show you what words to use. And what words not to use. Something they can relate to and understand. Something that will benefit them. And edify them. And if you don't do that, you just roll your eyes back in your head and talk in tongues as loud as you can and you purposely use language and descriptions and ways that are strange to the people around you even though you know they're strange to them. It's not love. It's not faith. You're purposely trying to stand out. It's spiritual pride, isn't it? And ignorance. You want to... You've got to be able to use you in any crowd, anywhere, educated, uneducated, rich, poor, anybody, anywhere. And there's only one way you can do that. It's by the Holy Spirit's leading and causing you to know. I know there's been times I've been out of the country. I've even in the country. How many of you can go to some places inside the country that's like a foreign country? I'm, it, the culture is so radically different and it took a few years, but after a while I began to see what I needed to do when I, I leave my place and I'm not in Kansas anymore <laughs> or wherever it is I'm from and, and I'm in a new place and and maybe pray half the day in tongues and just get quiet and wait. And it's been wonderful. There's been times at the end of the service, people that come, sometimes have to use an interpreter to tell me what they said. But they said, how did you know about so-and-so? And how did you know to use that word? And how did you know? I didn't know. I didn't know. Have you ever been here before, they said? Do you know people here? Have you No, never been. First time I've ever been. How did you know? I didn't. But the Holy Ghost did. Yeah. He did. And if you love people. You won't try to be weird. (laughs) Huh? You won't try to come across strange to try to impress them with how spiritual you are. If you love people, you want them to understand what you're saying. You want to be able to relate some way. You seek their edification, not your own. I'll get edified at my own bedroom. Huh? (laughs) My own church. My own You know, time when I'm riding, speaking in tongues, feeding on the word. I'm interested in you being built up. You being edified. And if you can't even understand what I'm saying, if you don't even know why I use those words, well, you have to watch going outside of the country using colloquialisms. (laughs) I've seen people that came up under Brother Hagin's ministry go to another country and tried to say through an interpreter, I'd rather hear a donkey bray at midnight in a tin barn. And they said it, and the interpreter took about three times as long to say it. And then they all stood there, and the people looked at them, not a sound. No, people were like. (laughs) Well, thank God the Word translates by the Spirit of God. The Word, and if your heart is right, but we shouldn't be just full of somebody's preaching and ideas and slogans. We should be full of the Word, right? And if our heart is right, we'll say, Holy Ghost, help me. Help me to come across in a way that's not offensive unnecessarily, that's not unrelatable. Help me. And if you're looking for it, that's how at times word of knowledge will come. Word of knowledge and grace and discerning of things. Somebody say, I desire it. He said, verse 18, I thank my God I speak with tongues more than you all, And he thanked God for it. Yet in the church, I'd rather speak five words with my understanding that by my voice I might teach others also than 10,000 words in an unknown tongue. Well, if he did all this speaking in tongues, more than all of them, and yet he didn't do it in the church, where did he do it? Must have been at home, on the road, other places, besides in the church. Brethren, be not children in understandings. Is he telling them to grow up? Howbeit in malice be children, but in understanding be men, be mature ones. Grow up, grow up, grow up. In the law it's written, with other tongues and other lips I'll speak to this people, and yet for all that they'll not hear me, says the Lord. Therefore tongues are for a sign. Now here we get into the purpose that we talked about. What tongues? The tongues like came out in Acts 2. Tongues that are in a language somebody there understands, but there's no interpretation. It might help you to understand this verse. When he says tongues are for a sign, you might say without interpretation. Helps you to keep it in the right category. Tongues are for a sign, not to them that believe, but to them that believe not. But prophesying... It's not for them that believe not, but for them which believe. Now prophesying is the same spirit, very similar in operation, except it's inspired utterance in a known tongue, a tongue you know. Speaking in tongues, prophesying, same thing, except one of them you don't know the language and one of them you do. The flow is the same. The utterance is from the same source. The operation is the same. In fact, there are occasions where people got filled with the Spirit and they spoke in tongues. And in the same book of Acts, there are times when people got filled with the Spirit, spoke in tongues, and prophesied. Same time. Remember reading that? Why? Well, it's the same flow. Difference is, one of the languages you understand. The other one you don't. Keep reading. Verse 23. If therefore the whole church be come together into one place, and all speak with tongues. then let you stop right here. What kind of Tongues. This is the tongues he talked about previously, the sign tongues, with no interpretation. Speaking out in the congregation, expecting someone to hear it and understand it. Like they did on the day of Pentecost. He said, if you all come and do that, and there come in those that are unlearned or unbelievers, will they not say you're mad? Out of your mind, raving? But if all prophesy," And there come in one that believes not or one unlearned. He's convinced of all. He's judged of all. And thus are the secrets of his heart made manifest. And so falling down on his face, he'll worship God and report that God is in you of a truth. How is it then, brethren, when you come together, every one of you has a psalm, a doctrine, a tongue, a revelation, interpretation. Let all things be done unto edifying. All these manifestations of the Spirit. What's the purpose of them? Somebody gets built up. Somebody gets helped. Somebody gets set free. Somebody gets delivered. Somebody gets healed. Edify. If any man speak in an unknown tongue, let it be by two or at the most by three and that by course, or in other words, one at a time and let one interpret. Now, see, people are trying to speak in tongues at the same time, giving out messages with no interpretation. And then apparently they were having some competitive interpretations. More than one interpretation of the same tongue. He said, no, no, no. Not everybody tried to do this in a service, in a crowd, no more than three different ones. And them only one at a time. And one interpretation. I didn't say it had to be the same person doing all the interpretation, but only one interpretation of that particular tongue. But if there be no interpreter, and he's wanting to give out a message in tongues in the congregation, then what should he do? Keep silence in the church. Keep silence where? Now, see, he adds the words in the church. So you'll know what he's talking about. Is it okay to speak in tongues without an interpretation at home? Yeah. Certainly. Certainly. But in the church, you don't give out a message in tongues, no interpretation. People can't understand. Let him speak to himself and to God. Let the prophets speak two or three and let the other do what? Now these prophets are prophesying. Anybody can prophesy. Doesn't make you a prophet. But prophets also prophesy. But even prophecies that are coming through prophets should be judged. And particularly those that operate in that same kind of ministry know more about it. Let them judge. Let the others judge. Can you see that they're not, he's telling them don't just swallow everything that somebody says. Well, they're a prophet. So? Judge it. Well, they're a prophet. They're a prophetess. And they got up and said the Lord showed them. And they got up and said, thus saith the Lord. Great, good. Judge it. What do you mean judge it? Judge it by the Bible. Judge it by the witness of your spirit. Judge it whether it's God or not. Yeah, but they're a good man. They're a good woman. Yeah, but I don't care who they are. They can miss it. They can miss it. Yeah, but they're a prophet. And they said, thus saith the Lord. Judge it. Judge it. And if it doesn't bear witness with you, then just don't accept it. Yeah, but they're a prophet. Judge it. Somebody say, judge it. judge it. First Thessalonians said it like this: despise not, prophesies. Prove all things. Prove it. Hold fast that which is good. Well, that means not everything's going to be good. Right. Prove it means what? Judge it. Test it. Prove it. <laughs> there was a guy some years ago, and he got up and gave a prophecy. It was just off the wall. Bless his heart. We're rooting for him, you know learn and grow but it just wasn't right and somebody said something that they didn't really accept that that way and he said I'm not going to let my prophecy be judged Uh -uh. Uh -uh. oh boy well he's in trouble that was God speaking through me well we just judged it and said we don't think so (laughs) but don't quit keep on (laughs) see that hadn't been taught enough has it People get so offended. It's amazing. Somebody's been born again three weeks, and you try to teach them something about prayer, I've seen people get mad. I know how to pray. (laughs) When did you learn all this about prayer? In your past three weeks of walking with God. (laughs) I know God. Well, there's so much we don't know. And these things particularly, people are so ignorant, and there's such little experience, and We don't need to just be afraid we're going to miss it. But at the same time, when we do begin to step out, we need to be open for correction and instruction. And don't be surprised if somebody judges what you said and goes, well, you know. (laughs) I think that first part might have been the Lord, but that last part, that was, uh, I think that was just you. (laughs) Yeah, but I said, thus saith the Lord. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. If anything be revealed to another that sits by, let the first hold his peace. For verse 31. Are you here? For you may all prophesy one by one that all may learn and all may be comforted. How many can speak in tongues? Everybody. All. How many can prophesy? All. All. And the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. What does that mean? That it is not right when a man or woman, even if they are a prophet, this would be a higher level of inspiration than some other folks. And they say, God made me do it. I couldn't be quiet. I had to say it. God made me do it. No, uh-uh. uh You could have yielded or not. That's what it means. The spirit of the prophets is subject to the prophets. I had to do it. God made me do it. I had no choice. Not true not true God is not the author of confusion he's not in confusion but of peace as in all the churches of the saints look down to verse 39 brethren covet to prophesy do you do you and forbid not to speak with tongues and let it all all things be done decently and in order in closing go with me to Luke. Luke chapter 2, I believe it is. Actually, Luke 1 is where I want you to go. Luke 1. I want to read to you a couple examples of prophecy. Revelation 19. Don't turn there. You're going to Luke. But Revelation 19. It says the testimony of Jesus. Revelation 19.10. The testimony of Jesus is... The spirit of prophecy. When he says you may all prophesy one by one, when people hear prophecy, they think prediction. And yet when we, we just got through reading in 1 Corinthians 14, it said he that prophesies speaks unto men three things. Edification, building up, exhortation, that's encouragement, and comfort. Didn't say anything about prediction. Now, a prophet may prophesy and there may be prediction in it. That's something else. That's actually a word of wisdom in a prophecy. It's more than just prophecy. It's coming through the vehicle, but it's something else. And that's not what he said every believer can do. But every believer can speak by inspiration words that are uplifting and upbuilding. Words that are encouraging Words that are comforting, inspired words. And he said, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. For years, when people will stand up and give testimonies, testimony service. If you just read something you had on a piece of paper, or if you just say something you've memorized by rote every time, well, that's not prophecy. But if you stand up and begin to try to testify and give glory to God, and it doesn't come out of your head, it comes out of your spirit fresh and inspired, then there's an anointing that goes out. And it blesses people. And it encourages people. Come on now. Comforts people. People say, well, they were exhorting. They're just testifying. They were prophesying. I said, they were prophesying. Well, they didn't predict anything. So? Simple prophecy. What is prophecy? It is inspired utterance in a known tongue. Speaking in tongues is inspired utterance in an unknown tongue. Both of them inspired utterance. What is inspired? Inspire, another word for inspire is inhale. Expire, what's inspire? take in, fill up your lungs, then it shouldn't be surprising that when you get filled up with the Spirit, you get inspired. And this is the life we're supposed to live. Not the deflated, expired, flat tire life. Come on now. But the inspired in filled quickened life have you ever gotten close to God have you ever got full hmm you ever got full you ever got excited in God millions haven't (laughs) millions don't even know what they're talking about they came signed a church roll they said I believe in Jesus but they think that's all there is to it oh friend oh friend There is a inspired life. There is a spirit-filled life. There is a tongue-talking, prophesying, power-filled life available to every believer, every child of God that will receive it. People that are bored with Christianity don't know what it is. They're not living the real thing. There is no such thing. As a boring walk with the Lord. No such thing. Somebody say inspired. 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 Look in Luke 1. For time's sake I just want to mention a couple of them to you. And read them to you. You see. Concerning the birth. The conception and birth of John the Baptist. And Jesus. And with Elizabeth. And Mary. And Zacharias. All three of them prophesied. And you see how it works. And it calls it also being filled with the Spirit. Are you there in Luke 1? I want to read it to you. It's utterance beyond your normal intellect. It's utterance beyond your normal vocabulary. It takes on a a flow, a poetry type flow. Though it doesn't have to rhyme. doesn't have to rhyme. But it's inspired utterance. is speaking on a different plane. You can tell it if you'll just pay attention with your spirit. Nobody has to say, thus saith the Lord. You can tell it. In Luke 1, 40, Mary, verse 39, Mary arose in those days after she seen the angel. And verse 40, entered into the house of Zechariah and saluted Elizabeth. Verse 41 Luke one forty one. it came to pass when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was what? Failed. Was what? Failed. Not deflated. Uh, right. yeah. Huh? Yeah. Inspired. Filled with the Holy Ghost, and she spake out with a loud voice. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of your womb. A tone. She's prophesied. Now skip on that. Well, let me read the rest of it. Whence is this to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For lo, as soon as the voice of your salutation sounded in my ears, the baby leaped in my womb for joy. And blessed is she that believed there shall be a performance of these things which were told her from the Lord. This is beyond her normal talking, isn't it? She's not talking in tongues. What is this? This is prophecy. Inspired utterance in a known tongue. Now look what, this is contagious. (laughs) Just as soon as she gets through prophesying, Mary said, My soul does magnify the Lord. My spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. He's regarded the lowest state of his handmaiden. Behold, from henceforth all generations will call me blessed. For he that is mighty has done to me great things, and holy is his name. His mercy is on them that fear him from generation to generation. He showed strength with his arm. He scattered the proud in the imagination of their heart. He's put down the mighty from their seats and exalted them of low degree. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he sent away empty. He's hoping his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, as he spake to our fathers, to Abraham and to his seed forever, and Mary abode with her about three months and returned to her own house. Prophet somebody say prophesied. Prophesy. Can you do that? Yes. yes. That wasn't everybody. Let me go over that again, Miss slow. Can you prophesy? Yes. 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 Now it might not sound just like this. And there are different degrees of inspiration. But you're supposed to, listen to the definition, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. If we said, could you come down here and testify of Jesus for us? Could you come testify of Jesus? You say, well, I don't have anything prepared. That's fine. That's what we want. Just share out of your heart. I don't have anything, you know, ready or prepared. Good. We just want you to share out of your heart. Tell us how good Jesus is to you. And what if you came up here and said, the Lord is so good to me. The Lord brought me up when I was down. The Lord has answered my prayer when I was low. The Lord enlightened my mind when I was ignorant and dumb. The Lord has increased me in strength until I was able to stand on my feet and believe in Him and serve Him and obey Him. What what am I doing? What am I doing? I am prophesying. It's not coming out of my head. Can you do that? Every believer, every child of God can do that. Is there any benefit in that? There's a public benefit of edifying everybody that's hearing it because it's in your tongue, you know. Prophecy, it's understanding. But you can, just like you can build up yourself in tongues, you can build up yourself by prophesying too. Riding down the road in your car, you can turn the radio off when they're singing some unbelieving something. And just take off start prophesying. Hmm? Skip on down to about verse uh, 67. Zacharias didn't let the women have all the fun. Verse 67, his father Zacharias was filled with the Holy Ghost. Somebody say, filled with the Holy Ghost filled with the Holy Ghost and prophesied and he said blessed be the Lord God of Israel he's visited and redeemed his people he's raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David as he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets and he went on somebody say prophesy Prophesy. all of the Psalms are by the spirit of prophecy aren't they all of them in fact Every page in this book <laughs> came inspired, right? Inspired utterance. In fact, First Peter talks about it like this. It says, uh, none of these prophecies in old time were by the will of man. People didn't just think this up. This didn't come out of there. They didn't just decide to say this. But holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Should we have more of this? Yes. Should we develop in this? Yes, when can you start? Now. <laughs> you can start right now. I mean, if we were so inclined and the Lord led us and, and we were supposed to take the time, we could just start prophesying in here and take everybody in here one by one. One by one. And just hand you the mic and say, keep going. Keep going. You keep going. Of course, it would be here to daylight and wouldn't be half through. But, it wouldn't be a bad thing if it was really flowing. <laughs> I said it wouldn't be a bad thing, because the further you go, the stronger it can get. And the stronger the flow, the easier it is for other people to jump in that's got no experience, because the anointing's so strong. How many remember? Saul is virtually demon possessed. He had the anointing on him at one time, but he's yielded to the devil and got so mean, he's just trying to kill David and throwing spears at people that come to visit him. And he's trying to kill David. And they find out David's over at the prophet's place. And he sends a elite team to go take him. And when they show up, they hear all the people prophesying. And they drop their weapons and start prophesying themselves. You remember that? And he sent another group. They did the same thing. You got a picture now. They got their bows and their spears. And these are trained military guys. And they come there to capture somebody. And they just laid it all down and started prophesying. They're not prophets, right? right? They're soldiers. But the flow was so strong around there that they just jumped right in, started prophesying with them. And so Saul said, well, if you want something done right, you've got to go do it yourself. So he got his stuff and his group, and he went there. What happened to him? What happened to him? Come on, too. He got there. Saul started prophesying, too. When the flow is strong enough, it's easy to get in. Easy to get in. Stand up on your feet, everybody. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.